have a favorite news reporter, and he starts things off like, let's deconstruct this. Let's deconstruct this gospel. I am amazed that churches almost full this Sunday after Easter. I'm not sure what happens when we're bubbling over on Easter and the Sunday after. They just say we'll sleep in. <laughs> All right, let's deconstruct this gospel. And as we deconstruct this gospel, I want you to hear Father Will's voice softly repeating grief and joy. And also, Father Will said, and come to yourself. Don't know if you remember that week, but we'll make it make sense. Today we find Jesus's motley crew hiding out, hanging out, and Thomas isn't there. So, we find that the motley crew is afraid of, they're afraid of the Jews, they're afraid of the Romans, and Jesus enters. He enters and realizing who he has at that particular moment, he says, peace, be with you. You see, he had to calm this group down. I am sure that they are still traumatized from what they saw and they think that someone is coming to get them. So he has to get them in the mood. You know how you feel after you've prayed and you've given it to the Lord and that comfort, that feeling comes over you that I know is in the hands of the Lord. So he said, peace be with you. Wonder what they were thinking. Then, after a while, he breathed. He breathed on them and breathed in the Holy Spirit. Now, I might have to do a little sidebar here because I get triggered when I hear the word breathe or breath. There is a whole sermon in that, breathing. So where was Thomas? He was out in the world breathing. That's where he was. Now, I say I get triggered because the word breathing and the word breath kept me as an Episcopalian. I was ready to give you guys up. There was just nothing that was inspiring me. There was nothing that I was getting out of it. It was just whole hum. And then I was at Lake Logan one Sunday, and the presiding bishop was preaching. And you know how some people can just take a story and all of a sudden that story just comes alive? Well, he said, and he breathed. And it was as if someone had hit me on the back of my back and I breathed. And I heard those words. And I found that what I was looking for was in my church. It was right there. Perhaps I wasn't paying attention. Very much like the disciples. They don't understand what's going on. You know, they were just rock stars running around with Jesus, getting fed, hanging out, meeting important people. And all of a sudden, he says, I must die. And they're like, who are you talking to? We're not hearing that. That's not what we're going to hear. So you can imagine when it happened, 
how they felt, what they did. What were they supposed to do? They no longer had a leader. Ah, oh, but Thomas. For centuries now, he's gone through being doubting Thomas, a lot like us, wouldn't you think? There are days when I am so mad at the Lord. There are days when my prayers, I shouldn't even say them for the tone that I am using. There are days when my faith is waning. But you never give up. See, it's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to have that dialogue with God. It's okay to let him know that one of your children ain't happy this morning. It's okay. You stay in prayer, and we are a praying church here at All Souls. We stay prayed up. When friends say, how did you get through the virus, and you're still looking like you enjoy life, I go to church on Sunday. I get fed on Sunday. I get fed during the week. I have a church that is alive and that God resides there. And when I step to the pulpit and say, welcome, Holy Spirit, I know that he's already here. This is the church that I belong to. But let's get back to what's happening with my boys up in the room, and they're waiting. They can't wait for Thomas to get there. Thomas finally shows up and they say, let me tell you what happened. Jesus was here. Can you imagine how he looked at them? It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Are you guys drunk? He must have looked at them because he was there. He witnessed it. He saw it. He felt it. When that the gushing of the water came out of the side. He was there. Did he hear the last breath? I don't know. But this is my story, so yes, he heard. He was there when my God, my Savior, Jesus, took his last breath. He was there. And now you stand before me and you say, he was here? Ho, ho, ho. That's where you and I come in. You know how you feel when someone says, this happened, and you say, I don't think so. No. My eyes do not lie. I saw what happened. But they were joyous. Remember? Grief and joy. They were joyous that they had indeed seen the Savior. Now, Thomas, you know, please don't get caught up in this that Thomas was doubting. Thomas was faithful. He was a faithful disciple. I know we talk about the ones that Jesus loved and all of that. Well, let's talk about Thomas. You see, when Jesus decided to go back to Lazarus' house, he knew the authorities were looking for him to kill him. It was Thomas that says, I'm going back to Jerusalem with Jesus, and I am willing to die there with him. It was also Thomas that was having that exchange. You remember when Jesus said, I am going somewhere and you cannot go and you do not know the place. Thomas was like, how would we know the place? How would we know that? No, we don't know that. So we know that Thomas was a faithful disciple. A faithful disciple. And now he's saying, until I, that is me on any given Wednesday. 
until I see it. I will not believe it. Now, when I was looking up uh, information for this sermon, I came across some interesting things. The word spirit derives from the word breath. Hmm. It's a Latin word. And then those of you that deal in conspiracy theories, and I'm one of them. All right. Conspire means to breathe together. So, let us conspire to be faithful to your God and my God. I can go around saying that I believe in conspiracy theories. It's all in the Bible. I'm sure I'll upset someone, and that's what I'm after. For you see, the Holy Spirit brings life and fills us with the power of God. So God said, peace be with you, and breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit. So now they had power to be in control of themselves and could be themselves and listen to God. When you have the power of God, do you feel like you can move mountains? Oh, when I feel that I am a blessed child of God, there isn't anything that you can tell me. And I probably walk around looking like that. Now Thomas, a beloved, faithful disciple, who stands and says, until I see, until I feel. Church, Father Will told us, we need to come home. He mentioned in a sermon one Sunday, it is time to come home. He meant to God. He didn't mean to all souls, glad to see you. We'll be passing the plate shortly. But he was speaking of your spirit. He was speaking to your soul that it is now time to come home. You see, doubt is like weeds. They grow fast. There were no weeds growing on Thomas's feet. He was solid. He had cultivated his faith. There was no doubt. There was no doubt when he joined Jesus in Jerusalem. There's no doubt that my God, my Jesus, might be alive. But until I see. So you know how it is when Jesus pops up sometimes. It said, when Jesus pops up, sometimes he shows out. I think he popped up that second time. It wasn't just for Thomas. He knew he believed. But Thomas needed to see. And then, do you believe because you see me? Or do you believe? Where is your faith? How is your faith? During our break between 10 and um, 11, 15, I spent some time in the nursery with our children. Oh, church, you're doing a good job. When six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and eight-year-olds can recite this to me and tell me and then come up with things that make me think, like they wanted to say the child. There's a child in the story they found. They think the child moved the rock. Wow, 
the women. And I had to inspire them that, yes, women possibly could have moved that rock. There were three of them. And when you get us together, we'll move this world. And I find that the women were awfully powerful. They were not afraid. They were at the tomb. So when we begin to look at our fears and what keeps us from giving in and giving in to God, hmm, doubters. The doubter is really a believer. He believes in his faith. You see, Thomas never doubted and he never questioned God's movement. You see, we analyze our selfish prayers and we allow doubt to fester. I say stay prayed up. Pray to the living God. Brothers and sisters, it's time we stop wandering in the wilderness. It's time to come home to Christ. It is time that we stop doubting. We have to let the doubt fade, but we must confirm our faith. We must come back home to the Father, for the Father awaits us. The Lord is risen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I thought you were going to be those starchy Episcopalians that act like they don't know call and recall. But this is the Sunday after Easter when you hear, He is risen. y'all need some brownie points to get in heaven so let's try this again <laughs> the lord is risen the lord is risen